Crossroads Music Podcast. Wait for it. Oh, there was no like, sound. No sound? No, I didn't oh. hear anything. Oh, damn. Uh, for all you audio-only listeners, Eric just opened a can of uh, an alcoholic beverage, but no sound was picked up on the microphone. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so welcome we are a music podcast where we talk about what do we talk about here we talk about um techno music uh and the health benefits that it provides exactly especially recycling <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> that was a ridiculous thing uh we typically typically start this off with what uh eric is drinking so eric your your drink of choice to start this all off so today the people, um, our wonderful fans, have picked the IPA, which is an India Pale Ale, for those of you who don't know. Um, so this is pretty high on the alcohol percentage, so we'll see how good this podcast goes. But this is uh, from Black Hops Brewing, which is out of Victoria uh, in British Columbia. Um, I had one of their beers on before. It was a stout. This is their Sea King IPA, so that's their, their that's military nice themed um again it supports veterans and anybody uh you know suffering from ptsd uh so there is the color of the india pale ale uh i don't know if you've ever have you ever had an india pale ale before kim nope Mm. Ah, it's good it's very very hoppy nice (laughs) we're in for quite a ride tonight boys (laughs) very nice ladies and gentlemen uh just hello to everyone in chat jen jen how's it going chasing dragonflies how is everything um eric i think we should start off with uh how you've been doing i hear you've been watching uh euro cup i believe yes um we're almost at the end of the round of 16 and i tell you today's games oh my god Cam. Uh, my god so france which is the number two team in the world they got knocked out by Switzerland today. Uh, I was watching it. I particularly don't want France to win. So uh, France was winning 3-1. And Switzerland managed to tie the game just before the end. So it went into overtime. No goal scored. And then it went into a penalty shootout. And uh... their best player, which is probably their youngest upcoming player, Mbappe, he's a beast. He he kicks. He was the only one that didn't get the goal in <laughs> for for France, and it was it was so it's five four, and then so Switzerland's moving on. So that that game is pretty intense. So okay, so okay, mm-hmm. as someone who doesn't watch soccer at all and has not kept up with anything, are we in the semifinals? We're going into the quarterfinals now. Quarterfinals, okay. So, so still... after tomorrow, tomorrow's the last two games of the round of 16. England, which is one of my teams, faces Germany, which is going to be, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm just staying positive. <laughs> Come on, England. <laughs> but but we'll see. It was kind of like, like, so Switzerland beating France today, it was like Montreal getting into the the finals there. Yeah, okay. I, could, I, I like the yeah. parallel. I get it. Uh, for mm-hmm. those of you who don't know the reference, uh, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals is happening right now, and Montreal is in the finals. The 18th place team <laughs> in a league of 31 teams is in the finals of the playoffs, which is just a miracle. 
Absolutely. It just goes to show you anything can happen. 18. Rankings. Yeah. (laughs) Rankings doesn't mean a thing. (laughs) Like, it's just nuts. They didn't even have like um like a win percentage. It wasn't even 50%. They lost they (laughs) lost more games than they won in the regular season, and they're in the finals now. (laughs) Man, that drunk fool that probably bet all his savings on montreal winning oh, and everyone's yeah. like you're yeah. a moron <laughs> yeah. and then they won and he's probably like just making it bank right now <laughs> yeah it's absolutely ridiculous um do 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 just catching up on chats uh chasing dragonflies got their second shot congratulations welcome to the club congratulations now we can start hugging each other <laughs> yeah we can go around <laughs> licking each other's faces pretty much yeah and then people who aren't comfortable with that because they've been so comfortable with not touching human contact is just going to be just unwanted touching <laughs> just like <laughs> you know i feel like it was unwanted touching before covid so exactly (laughs) don't hug me assault assault uh all right let's let's move on from this i mean actually talking about assault uh there is some music news that's happening right now uh marilyn manson is back in the news um of course he is eric can you can you guess why he's back in the news he uh something to do with assault or <laughs> i'm gonna guess sexual assault <laughs> uh you were right on the first one it's assault so okay, marilyn manson has uh reached an agreement to turn himself into the police on two outstanding warrants for uh, a misdemeanor simple assault involving an alleged incident with a videographer uh at the bank of new hampshire pavilion Manson allegedly performed a snot attack, throwing snot and spitting at a female videographer. Uh, he <laughs> is facing a jail sentence of up to one year and a fine of $2,000. You know, as disgusting as that is, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> uh, ew, what? Yeah, uh, basically, he was blowing his nose at uh, people at slash this, this uh, female videographer. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the more tame things he's done, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that seems pretty tame. I'm actually surprised more that that's why he's being charged with assault. <laughs> then... <laughs> like i th- yeah, i think that's shocking to me it's like really <laughs> yeah you that's ex- it <laughs> you would expect something bigger <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh i would lose it if someone snotted at me yeah i mean most people would um but yep. i think on the shock factor for marilyn manson it's more shocking that this is what he's being charged with mm-hmm. compared to the other stuff he's done like I'm pretty. Totally. Didn't he like whip out his dick and like slap a security guard in the head? Like he was on <laughs> stage. He was on stage. Security guards facing the crowd pulled down his pants and slapped the security guard in the head in the back of the head. I'm pretty sure that happened. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just to position yourself into that, that just that scenario, just be like you just it just be awkward. <laughs> 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 yeah i mean oh boy what do you expect what do you expect from that, honestly <laughs> um in other news and sticking with sort of the sexual thing uh ringo star has abandoned his legal action against a sex toy manufacturer called 
Ring O. So R I N G O. Uh, the, the, the drummer challenged the company's trademark, saying it's too similar to his name and might cause confusion. <laughs> Star's lawyers have complained that the brand was identical in appearance, sound, connotation, and pronunciation to Ringo's name, uh, which he has already trademarked. The two sides have reached a settlement after uh, the sex toy manufacturer agreed to separate the ring and the O in its name. <laughs> oh, man. That is funny that is that is crazy <laughs> i never thought of ringo's name as ring o <laughs> until until i read that story it's like oh yeah that that could work <laughs> what's even hilarious is that like the new generation who doesn't really know who the beatles are like they probably know songs that are be just like hey ringo it's like what are you talking about that's inappropriate what do you mean it's the drummer for the beatles oh my god <laughs> what are you saying uh poor ringo always the butt of a joke always i know i know <laughs> i i'm surprised he doesn't sponsor them to be honest yeah you, know? you would think this is a pretty good business opportunity if he was like the face of this uh sex toy manufacturer <laughs> Exactly. That would bring his ridiculousness <laughs> up to like maximum level. <laughs> Missed opportunity uh, right there. Totally. Um, in other news, uh, Mumford & Sons founding guitarist quits band after outrage for supporting conservative journalist in tweet. Um, so I guess the big story here is that he... He basically congratulated a conservative journalist uh, for one of his books that he wrote. Uh, I, I guess he enjoyed the book, so he, he basically congratulated him on a tweet. Uh, and then he basically got canceled because everyone's like, you can't support a conservative. Um, <laughs> the rest of the band was okay with it, apparently. Uh, but I think the, the hate was so bad that he, he had to quit the band. Uh, because he didn't want he was okay with the outrage against himself because that's his opinion and he's i think he's pretty comfortable with his opinion uh but he didn't want to like have that hate translate to the rest of the band members and his family so uh mm. he quit the band uh so that he can uh i guess be more free about his his opinion which is sort of like that's sort of shitty right like yeah it's not the word he's not like promoting like pedophilia right like yeah he's just saying good job on on a book you wrote whether like it's an opinion right mm -hmm. uh and then to quit i guess mumford and sons is one of those like big bands right like in the last 10 15 years they're they're one of the big the biggest bands to like come out i i mean i like now don't get me wrong i like mumford and sons but like you can replace their guitar player <laughs> Like you're just playing fast rhythm chords, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> is that controversial? Wow. That is controversial, isn't it? <laughs> I like Mumford, Mumford and Sons, mm -hmm. but you can replace guitarist. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I just find it super odd. Like. Like in in the artistic space, it's weird to have like this mentality that 
all musicians or all artists need to be like this left-leaning liberal uh, mm. viewpoints, right? And I think naturally it does sort of lead into that. But when you have musicians who are doing like have conservative views, like it's weird to not at least listen to their opinion and see their side of it, you know? Yeah. At the very well, that's least. the thing about that's the thing about music, right? Music is should be free reigns to kind of express yourself where you where you want to, right? Regardless of what religion you have or what political views you have, like I feel like it's it's how you were growing up and you know your upbringing into the world and how you view things, yeah, right? And and it should be that safe space where people can kind of listen and be like, okay, I understand what this our artist is kind of going through, right? Now, if you take extreme examples like, you know, Kurt Cobain, like of Nirvana or or even, um, uh, frick, what the hell's his name from Pearl Jam? Eddie Vedder. Eddie, Eddie thank you. Eddie Vedder, damn it. Um, but, but like these songs are like, you know, heart, heavy hearted songs, right? And then, but I feel like, like for politically too, like you should be able to, you know, ha- have your opinions of of how you view the world and, and everything. Right. And and I don't think he should be just axed for that. Yeah. It's like, and, and the flip side of that argument, I think is I, I see a lot of hate towards a band like Rage Against the Machine. Everyone's just going, you guys are a bunch of communists, bunch of socialists. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, but that's their opinion and they're expressing it through their art. Like if, whether they're right or wrong, it's their opinion and they're expressing it. And like, it's just weird not to listen to kick-ass band just because you don't mm-hmm. agree with their opinion. It's not like they're saying slaughter everyone. I mean, I guess Slayer does that, but it's exactly. just they're not promoting violence, right? They're not. What was that Simpson episode? Speech, yeah. Bomb Pearl, bomb Pearl Harbor faster. <laughs> <laughs> right. In and the like, Navy. Yeah, like they're not promoting hate speech. It's like. It's their opinion, right? Mm. It's exactly. It's just weird. Actually, funny story about rage. I was doing some yard work yesterday, and my neighbor comes in in car, and she's like the sweetest woman. She's like like the like I'll bake you a pie kind of person, right? She's and she was just blasting uh, "Killing in the Name" <laughs> by Rage in her van, and I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, like Rage Against Machine, such a good band. Um, yeah. I definitely don't agree with like their political stance, but like, come on, this band is just like top notch. Oh, it's great! Yeah. It's it's great. So good. Just like hype music, just all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, one more news story for you. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh. Billie Eilish is back in the news. Uh, apparently, she's being canceled now. Uh, so, uh, um, really, an old video of her when she was like 13 has uh, resurfaced on the internet. Uh, she is essentially lip syncing a um, a Tyler the Creator song. It's called "Fish," uh, and then I don't know if I can use this word, but I'm just gonna use it because 
I'm sure it's fine. Eric, you can't. Eric, you. Here's the warning. Eric, you cannot use this word. Okay. Before we get properly canceled, I'm just going to say you can't use this word. <laughs> okay. I'm more on the gray line of I can sort of use this word. But in, in this song, they use. Uh, he, Tyler, the creator, uses the word chink, right? It, it's a derogatory Asian slur. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. So Billie Eilish has a video where she is lip syncing. It's sort of cut up, but she's lip syncing to that song and she mouths the word chink. In, in in the video um and then there's other parts in the video where it appears that she's imitating like a, an asian accent like mocking an asian accent but it's not like 100 percent clear uh so yeah she's on the the cancel list at this point so wow for me i i don't know it's sort of when i saw that i was like yeah but she's like 13 in this video like like when justin bieber had that um he he did that song when he was like nine or ten, kill all the kill all the n words or something. Like he actually mm-hmm. has like a whole song that that is, and he's still around and he's still one of the the most like mm-hmm. famous pop stars in the world. So like, I get that it's offensive, and I get that it's wrong, but they're also little children who weren't brought up properly. Like, can you really blame a child for doing that? Yeah. And the other thing I look at, too, like, I, I don't know if she meant it because I feel like Billie Eilish, like, like you see how she presents herself in interviews and stuff. Like, she has her persona for sure, but she's, I can't see her being hateful towards a certain people or, or meaning to. And she's 13 years old, yeah. right? Like you look at any kid lip syncing songs now, like like you know, I'm pretty sure if you grew up listening to Nas, right, and you just had life's a bitch and then you die, like I'm pretty sure your kid is going to learn the lyrics, <laughs> right, and just be in the back of your car being life's a bitch and then you die, <laughs> right, like, and they they don't know the context of the song, yeah, at for that sure. point, yeah, right, so. Yeah, pick any. I don't know. That's pick any hip hop song, proper hip hop song, and then mm-hmm. a white kid in Nebraska at eleven years old is just singing to it and not thinking of the context it's in. Right. Exactly. So I feel like that should be taken into consideration. Yeah. Because like it's not like she's going out and doing that now. Because <laughs> then if she does it now, it's like okay. <laughs> yeah, you're old like... enough to understand yes. what's going on here. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's sort of the big controversial news of the day. Uh, Billie Eilish is on the cancel list at this point. So cancel list. Wow. I guess we can't listen to her anymore. I guess not. <laughs> it's you know, it's a shame that we can't listen to her anymore, Kim, because the singles that she came out on her al- on her album that's coming out, Happier Than Ever, they're actually not that bad. <laughs> I actually don't mind them. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, here, here's the thing. If your music is good enough, it doesn't matter how bad of a person you are. It's just... Exactly. It's going to be yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how how bad of a person you are. Your music's good enough. It doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of the story. Totally. Chasing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dream. Yeah, that's tough. It's so wrong, but 13 is so young. Yeah, like... As a kid, do you really know the context of what you're really saying? Like, not really. 
barely know well, exactly. history. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Is that a hot take? I don't know. Because, like, I, here, here's an example. R. Kelly, right? Pisses on little children. Uh, <laughs> enslaves enslaves women to be his sex slaves. Um, but if Ignition, the remix, Ignition came out after all those all those things happened, I feel like R. Kelly would still be famous. I think people would just forget uh, it and just be like, "Oh shit, good. this song is amazing." Mm. I don't care what he's done. This is like a banger. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of who is in the hot seat. Um that's come out. Um like that Mar- still comes out. No, Marilyn Manson because he's produced shit in the past like 20 years. Um someone who has like Ike Turner isn't one because he, he put mm-hmm. shit music out after beating up Tina Turner. Um it's, music was not about Clapton. Here we go. Here, here it is. Clapton. Yeah. Clapton. Mm. He he goes on a, a racist, uh, drunken tirade, but no one gives a shit because he he puts out like white white room and Layla and Tears in Heaven. Mm-hmm. Like no one gives a shit that he was like a drunken racist back in the day. Yeah. Right. No one even like thinks about it. No, they don't. Right, they don't. So that's a that's a good point. I yeah, I think if he did come out with Ignition after, I think it would still be as big as it is. Ignition is good, but it's not pee on little children. <laughs> that's and we're great, not saying that, pop. ladies and gentlemen. We're not saying that. I'm that just song. saying people <laughs> would forget about it. I th- yes. I just think people mm-hmm. would. People have short attention spans, and as long as you're putting out good something people mm-hmm. don't give a shit what you did mm-hmm. some people don't even know <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> that's true um that's it that's it for the news i had nothing else those are those are the major news topics for today in, in terms of music um but the thing i did forget eric we're supposed to talk about what we've been listening yes to i was gonna now. say i was gonna say I skip I straight to the music because i was really excited about these news topics especially ringo yeah that <laughs> no you know what those news topics were pretty intense so i understand why we started off with the news so all right let's let's get into it eric what have you been listening to this past week uh, so I actually been listening to that uh, Illmatic album. Ooh, <laughs> nice! I just I just love it. Obviously, I listened to the the, the album we're reviewing later. Uh, stay tuned for that. Um, I was listening to a couple of releases by Miranda Lambert in the country world. Uh, she came out with two singles. Uh, they've closed down the Honky Talks. <laughs> I love the names of country <laughs> and uh, settling down. Uh, which is an acoustic cover off of a song off her album right now. Um, both amazing. I love Miranda Lambert. She's one of my girls. I thought, and sorry, I thought she was doing gospel music. No, or was that the last album? Uh, the last album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is new. This is. This oh is no, no. Cool. Sorry, that's Carrie Underwood. That's Carrie Underwood. Oh, sorry. Doing the gospel sorry, sorry, sorry. music. Then the other album I listened to, which isn't too bad. I know I've talked about this band before, and you're like, why did you listen to these people, you idiot? Uh, Modest Mouse has come out with their album, The Golden Casket. Um, 
I always find with Modest Mouse, like I can never like a full album. I only like a few songs off their album. And I would have to say it's the same as this one. Um, it just, it's just weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird stuff. But then there's some songs that are, have like kind of unique hooks to the choruses, which I kind of dig. Uh, so I don't know. If you like Modest Mouse, check them out. <laughs> Give me your I opinion. Am, I am not checking Modest Mouse. There's no way. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think you would. I'm talking <laughs> to our audience when I say that. <laughs> uh that's that's everything for you that's pretty much it buddy how about you um so nothing really that notable however between the buried and me they're coming out with a new album soon and they released a single uh fix the error is their new song um and it's they're planning on releasing a sequel to their colors album uh so this is going to be colors 2 uh slated to be released august 20th um, but I really dig it. Like fix the error. Oh my lord! This is like it's definitely it's definitely a metal song. Uh, but there are gospel elements in there. Uh, there's straight up swing sections in there. There's a ripping bass solo right at the beginning of the song. I am so excited for this album. Um, nice. I think last year when we did our uh, top 10 albums of all time colors uh, was on my list uh, for top 10 albums and Eric gave it like a four or something <laughs> wait was it colors or was it parallax I actually can't remember I think it was parallax oh okay I put parallax on my list anyways parallax is is my parallax 2 is my favorite album just in in combination with parallax 1 uh, but colors I think across the board is the the masterpiece that everyone says that is mm. uh, by between the buried and me. So I am very excited for colors too. Right on. But Eric gave between the buried and me like a four. <laughs> so. so I'm an asshole, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like it is extreme listening between the buried and me. Like you really, it's not a gateway metal band for sure. This is like mm-hmm. straight up guttural, like death metal screams, ripping <laughs> guitars, ripping bass, ripping drums. It's just like, oh man, this, this song fixed the error. I think it's in like, it's gotta be in like 13, 13, eight or something. It's just nuts. Wow. It's That's so nuts. good. I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to count that. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good song. Um, so I'm very excited for that to come out. I've been listening to that song on loop pretty much this whole day. Right on. I I remember that band. I like. I remember that album, and I remember you saying that if if you do not are aren't into metal music, you won't appreciate them. Right. And and I did get that. That's like just swimming in the deep end before learning how to like float. And, you know. <laughs> Right. I'm just gonna dive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's yeah. one of those bands where you're like, I've been listening to metal for a long time. All these bands are starting to sound the same. Uh, time to listen to Between the Buried and Me and get like new elements uh, being thrown into metal. Yeah, so, oof, I'm just excited. August twentieth, that album comes out. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, nothing much. I mean, the album that we're reviewing today. Uh, I've been listening to quite a bit. Uh, still on the Olivia uh, Rodrigo kick. I still think she's really good. I'm. She was on uh, Hot Ones. 
Oh, I saw recently. that. Yeah, I saw that as a, a thumbnail on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I just really dig her debut album. I'm hoping the second album is going to stay within that sort of boundary of uh, singer songwriter instead of uh, mm. overproduced pop star. Uh, but we'll see how that second album turns out when it does come out. I'm downloading it right now so I can listen to it because I've heard nothing but great things about this. Yeah, so I definitely recommend that album. It's it's one of those, I think at the end of this year, 2021, it's going to appear on my top 10 list hmm. for best albums of 2021. I can't see it. Interesting. I definitely don't see it at number one, maybe not even top three, uh, but top 10... I can see it right now. Right on. Uh, that's about it, what I've been listening to. All right. Today in music history. So Here we go. At this point, what we do is we go back in time and we look at all the historical things that happened on this day uh, in regards to music history. Today is June 28th. And on 1968, Pink Floyd released their second album, a saucer full of secrets. I was actually debating whether I should include this on the list because Pink Floyd, prior to uh, Dark Side of the Moon, which is their eighth album, didn't really write good music. Yeah. Like albums one to seven are mediocre at best. They totally are. I'm trying to just look up here. Saucer full of feelings. What's on that album? Uh, Saucer full of secrets. Secrets, sorry. Yeah, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, th this is definitely one of those albums where, like, I forget exists. <laughs> Honestly, like, Pink Floyd just came out at the right time where record labels were like yeah just take your time and we'll grow you as an artist and when you actually write something good we'll we'll cash in on that and it took pink floyd eight freaking albums to get to dark side of the moon right yeah it was dark side of the moon and then it was the wall and then it was um I wish you it's were the here. one that wish you were here yeah. on yeah is and, it wish you were here is that what the album is called? I, I don't even remember anymore but like i'm gonna look it up right now yeah, like, it was just, like, masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece, right? Yeah. But albums one to seven was just, like, what is this? <laughs> Why is this even an album? Yeah, I wish you were here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> You're just, like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, Chasing Dragonflies. Yeah, I haven't listened to their old stuff because I don't want to ruin the way I feel about them. I mean... It's nice to to listen to that stuff and see where they came from and how they progressed as a band. That's that's probably the only yeah. interesting thing, only interesting exercise you could go through with it. But um, it's just not albums that I would ever tell anyone to like. Yeah, you have to listen to this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it there is some very strange stuff, um, but like I've done a deep dive into Pink Floyd stuff and. I, I remember there being a few songs that I actually liked from before, like Dark Side of the Moon and all those albums came out. It, it was just it was just far and few between. Like, and especially if you know Pink Floyd as a band now, you're just like, okay, I understand why they progressed into what they are now. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
but yeah they're definitely one of those bands that started off and you're like okay yeah like just exactly what alex said guys just keep doing your thing (laughs) you just guys keep playing (laughs) and then we'll we'll get somewhere someday Uh, 1975, David Bowie releases Fame featuring John Lennon on backing vocals. It becomes Bowie's first number one hit in the U.S. That's a cool song. I just, I just don't know how John Lennon agreed to do backing vocals on a song. It just seems yeah. strange to me. <laughs> it's, it's different because you hear stories about like musicians like just being in the area at the time, and then the artist being like, "Hey, do you want to?" do something on my track like small and they're like yeah why not right but like i wonder if it was one of those situations or if if he actually i feel like if he actually called john lennon and like, i want you to do backup vocals on only one song then it would just be like really <laughs> well, why <laughs> yeah you call me in for backing vocals one of the most yeah. important songwriters of a generation and you want me to do backing <laughs> vocals <laughs> maybe it was a joke <laughs> David Bowie's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prank John Lennon. <laughs> uh, 1997, George Harrison has an operation to remove a cancerous growth from his neck. I Honestly, I didn't realize George Harrison lived till 97. That to me is, yeah. is a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2003. Season two of American Idol winners Ruben Studdard and uh, Clay Aiken <laughs> released their debut singles. Uh, Aiken takes the top spot, becoming the first new artist to go straight to number one on the chart. And no one has heard from Ruben ever again. That I, I remember watching American Idol when it first came out and being like, oh, this is crazy. And I would always laugh. At the beginning of all these idiots that line up, like you know, line up, right? That were just like, oh. I I remember there was that guy that was like, she banged. Oh, she William Hung. <laughs> William Hung. So funny. Oh my. And Lord. he became famous. He, he that sold. Was he went gold. He sold <laughs> half a million copies of his record. Yeah. I feel like he became more famous than Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken ever were. <laughs> It's. Uh, I wonder what he's doing now. He must. I hope he cashed oh, he's in. Just on living that. the dr- living the dream. I really somewhere. hope he cashed in. Mm-hmm. After being oh. laughed at nationally. <laughs> uh, funny story is I've actually seen Clay Aiken like in person performing. So he was. Um, there was a Broadway production of Spamalot. Uh, which is uh, just a musical version of um, Monty Python's um, Quest for the Holy Grail. And Clay Aiken actually is starring in that show. So I actually got to see Clay Aiken uh, on stage on that one. So was oh, right on. How was how was Spamalot? Oh, it was so good. It was so funny. Nice. You, you have to be a Monty Python fan to like yeah. get the jokes, but uh, it was so good. Yeah, I feel like if you laugh, if you do, sorry, this is kind of going to be controversial, but if you don't laugh at Monty Python's The Quest for the Holy Grail, I feel like you're just not a happy person in general. <laughs> you don't laugh <laughs> at Monty Python. You aren't a happy person. <laughs> uh, that it. that movie is 
probably like uh, like it goes down there for for sure my future children <laughs> sat down and watched like you were going to watch this movie <laughs> it's just such a brilliant like comedy movie it's so good every time i watch it it's just like the funniest thing i've ever seen oh man <laughs> there's so many quotable things there too <laughs> Uh, 2007, Rod Stewart receives 10 stitches in his leg after slipping on stage in Manchester, England. Rod believe, Stewart. Can't believe he's still around. Honestly, <laughs> can't believe he's still around. Forever. <laughs> uh, 2008, during her performance at Glastonbury Festival, Amy Winehouse punches a fan she mistakenly believes had thrown a hat at her beehive. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> honestly, what like, a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like of all the places to do it, Glaston Glastonbury Festival, the biggest festival in in England. That's mm -hmm. not the place to punch out a fan. <laughs> no, no, but it's Amy Winehouse, so <laughs> that's true. Uh, 2010, Jake Holmes. Uh, finally gets around to suing Led Zeppelin for plagiarizing his 1967 song, Dazed and Confused. Led Zeppelin released a very similar song with the same title on their 1969 debut album. Holmes waited decades to take legal action. The case is eventually settled with the writing credit on the song changed to Jimmy Page, inspired by Jake Holmes. Zeppelin. Another classic Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Here, here's another artist that doesn't like, like Led Zeppelin mm -hmm. plagiarized <laughs> like dozens of musicians, dozens of artists. Mm -hmm. They took advantage of poor black musicians who didn't have the money to sue them and stole their songs. No mm -hmm. one gives a shit because they wrote Stairway to Heaven. Mm -hmm. Black, black. I feel like, I feel like that was different though. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little different, right? Because it was, was just it, Eric, like, how is this different? <laughs> <laughs> well, because like now, okay, how am I going to word this? I'm I'm just waiting for you to defend Led Zeppelin. I don't know how you're going to do. No, no, I'm not. I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm not defending Led Zeppelin. I'm not defending Led Zeppelin. I feel like they got away with it because the time, the era. Mm -hmm. of when music was coming out it was a different time period like all these black artists were coming out with songs and white musicians were ripping them off okay which was totally un that's what i'm saying right i feel like you can't use that as example as we were using from before right because it right. was just a different era of time because which i don't agree with I don't agree with because a lot of a lot of good musicians got screwed over like little richard is a perfect prime right. example that never made it big because every song he came out with was stolen from him, <laughs> which was awful. Oh, little Richard, Frank, like he should be mm -hmm. like on the Mount Rushmore of like rock and roll, but he's just never, never brought up in conversation. No, he's, he's never is. And he's definitely, especially in the rockabilly, like piano right. rock and roll, he's just not even mentioned which is sad we it's talk about yeah we sad. we talk about jerry lee lewis all the time and great balls of mm -hmm. fire and he's like he like dated his 13 year old cousin 
Mm-hmm. We're gonna pick him over Little Richard. Yeah. Jesus. Damn hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyways, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it was just a different era, but but I feel like if that happened now, it would probably not. For, for for them to do that exact same thing with that artist like Days and Confused, like I feel like that. Like, what are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, who was it? Robin Thicke, who uh, got sued by Marvin Gaye's estate for Blurred Lines. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, that's a bad example, because now that I think about it, like, Marvin Gaye's estate is sort of shady, honest. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it sounds <laughs> Motown, but it's definitely not the same song. I was trying to think yeah. of, like, an example today where... There's got to be a bunch of plagiarized songs. We talked about one last podcast. Oh, yeah. The guy who like (laughs) recorded a cover, Uh, left it for two years and forgot it was a cover. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. (laughs) What a brilliant song I wrote. (laughs) Right. But that's that's a little bit on a smaller scale. I'm trying to think of like an Usher or something or a Jay-Z plagiarized full songs. Eh, I I don't think it happens as much now. Yeah, I think people are a bit more careful. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy you like but I hate. He sings a really good high note. Um, um, he he plagiarized Tom Petty's song. Uh, oh, Anthony Kiedis? Uh, <laughs> no, not Anthony yeah. Kiedis. Yeah, yeah Anthony Last Kiedis? Dance with Mary Jane. Is that plagiarized? Last Dance with Mary Jane and Danny California. Oh, there's right. a whole thing in the news about that. Right, right. No, not that one. It's the pop singer. Um, pop singer. He's British, I think. Sam Smith. Yeah, Sam Smith. Okay. Right, like he that that hit song that he had was like completely plagiarized from a Tom Petty song, and people I just didn't know this. Yeah, like he even won the Grammy for it, but the Grammy is now awarded to Sam Smith. Writer, 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 Tom Petty. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's a complete ripoff. <laughs> and I guess you could say the same thing about Danny California, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on. 2012. Okay, this is a pretty lengthy story, so buckle in, folks. All right. I'm buckling. 2012, June 28th. The Flaming Lips break the Guinness World Record for the most live shows performed in multiple cities within 24 hours. So here's the list. Show number one was Handy Park in Memphis, Tennessee. Show number two, Ground Zero Blues Club, Clarksdale, Mississippi. Show number three, The Lyric, Oxford, Mississippi. Show number four, Dulling Hall, Jackson, Mississippi. Show number five, Benny's Boom Boom Room, Hadesburg, Mississippi. Show number six, Hard Rock Casino, Bill Biloxi, Mississippi. Show number seven, The Variety at Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And show number eight, House of Blues, New Orleans, Louisiana. Eight shows, 24 hours is currently the Guinness world record for most live shows performed in multiple cities. They started at 6 p.m. and ended the following day at 5.40 p.m. How? How? (laughs) How are they able, like, the only way to pull that off is your gear has to be at every venue at all times. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had all the gear set up. I'm pretty sure if they're gonna try to break the world record, they're going to they're going to make sure everything's in place already. You're not gonna waste your time trying to pull this off without preparing. But that's insane. Like, and you could only play probably like a couple songs. That's it. Screw yeah. you guys. No encore. Get out of here. Yeah, I think I think the shows were like half an hour at most. Mm. Like it was just a small set, but it was. I feel like that would be really sets. fun to try. <laughs> hey, just to try like i feel like if you did anything like that in downtown toronto oh my or, or even like downtown vancouver it would be impossible just because there's traffic <laughs> everywhere <laughs> right yeah it'd be nuts uh but remember this is multiple cities you're going multiple yeah. cities. like you'd have to have a helicopter on standby or something <laughs> <laughs> just, just picks you up in the stage <laughs> like just after the show all right good night Honestly, at like get in the helicopter <laughs> at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning, I'd be done. Like if we start at 6 p.m. and by 5 a.m., I'd be just like, this is this is. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of a neat challenge, but then I'd be so stressed out. I feel like halfway through that whatever song you'd be singing, you'd be like, oh shoot, like you forget the lyrics because you're like, oh man, I gotta go to the next show. <laughs> Uh, chasing dragonflies that does not sound fun to try at all it, it'd be a challenge it definitely would be a challenge yeah <laughs> uh, i think it's it's time for chasing dragonflies to try oh, to break that world record yeah when we come out of COVID, what do you say <laughs> we go come out of covid let's do it we'll hit up hamilton <laughs> kitchener Toronto. yeah rent a helicopter <laughs> it takes like two hours to get from city to city already <laughs> exactly yeah. uh 2016 scotty moore elvis elvis presley's original guitarist dies at age 84 he played on classics like heartbreak hotel and jailhouse rock i think scotty moore was a, like a legit guitarist he was he definitely was and the cool thing about those I would consider him a studio musician because yes. he wasn't really well talked about. And the the cool thing about like guitarists in that era is that they're like old school trained. Mm. Like like you talk like like I can't really think of any new artists other than like Brad Paisley, maybe John Mayer, that kind of. But I would say more so Brad Paisley. Like he actually traditionally knows how to play the guitar, like bass rhythm and lead at the same time which is just messed right you don't see that talent really anymore developing so i i like more credit should definitely go to those type of studio musicians for sure uh, in 2017, this is the last story, uh, Gary DiCarlo, singer of the 1969 hit Na Na Hey Hey Kiss Him Goodbye, dies of cancer at age 75. This is the song mm-hmm. that goes na 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 <laughs> hey, 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 goodbye. It's such a strange song. Such a strange song. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he didn't have anything else. That was his like big thing, and he must have made. It. Hopefully, he kept the royalties. Hopefully, he didn't mm-hmm. sign those away because that's just that's just money, <laughs> money in the bank every year. Totally. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. That's uh, today in history on June twenty eighth. Uh, where are we now? Album review? Yes, album review. Okay, let's do it. So, 
the album that we decided to review for this week is The Gambler <laughs> by Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Uh, so the gambler is the sixth studio album by Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, uh, was a, uh, country, very country pop crossover singer. He charted more than 420 hit singles across various genres and charted, uh, for more than 200 individual weeks in the U S alone on billboard. He has sold more than 100 million records worldwide during his lifetime, making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. The Gambler, uh, the album, was released at the end of November 1978. It is one of Rogers' most popular albums and established Rogers as one of the most successful artists of the 70s and 80s. The album would go on to sell over 35 million copies. Uh, But, interestingly, the album... um, would be successful in many international markets like the Middle East and Jamaica because of the wide reach of this album. Yeah. It like it hit like everywhere in the world for for whatever reason. Um, Jamaica in the Middle East. (laughs) That's like, I don't know. Is that the IPA talking right now? No, it just hit like everywhere. It was like far reaching just like outside of the U S for whatever reason. Um, man, but because of the wide reach of this album, The Gambler actually doesn't show up on a list for best-selling albums. Um, as best-selling album lists technically only count certifications. So things like platinum certification, gold certification, that's how they determine like greatest or most-selling albums of all time. Mm. But because this album was so successful in like all these small markets, uh, but never was certified in like certain areas like Jamaica because they don't have a certification process. This thing actually sold 35 million copies worldwide cumulatively. It's impressive. Um, So that's why you don't see it on a lot of lists. But if you do count it up, it's over 35 million. Um, Nevertheless, the gambler. uh, Sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. Uh, Oh, sorry. The song itself, the gambler was written by Don Schultz, country musician, uh, Bobby Bear would be the first artist to record The Gambler. However, his version was not popular. Schiltz would also record the song himself, but his version would also be a commercial failure. Johnny Cash would actually be the next to have a go at it, uh, but did not release his version quick enough. Kenny Rogers would record his after Cash, uh, but actually released it before Cash uh, did to mainstream success. So, Eric, this album... Just imagine if it was Johnny Cash, <laughs> this gambler that we all know and love. Um, but your critique of this one, how was your listening experience for The Gambler by Kenny Rogers? That would be interesting. Johnny Cash doing The Gambler, the song <laughs> itself. Yeah, the song itself. Oh, it would be interesting. The The like actual I... the recorded version is out there, but it's... It's funny because he didn't hit mainstream success because Kenny Rogers got there first. That's interesting. That's okay. So this is my first time. Like I know some Kenny Rogers songs, like just being a country fan in itself. And I know the gambler. I've heard this song many, many times. And it was the first song on the album, which kind of scared me a little bit when I listened to the song. Cause I was listening to the album while, like kind of cleaning out the garage and i was like oh man this is gonna be one of these albums there's just gonna be like the gambler and then it's just gonna be shit um 
So then the next song, I wish that I could hurt that way again. It was a slow song. I was like, okay, slow country, right? Typical for this time period. Then the King of Oak Street, slow song. And I'm like, oh, this is just going to be just a boring ass album. And then it got like funky. (laughs) It got funky and I was surprised. (laughs) I was actually like, what is going on? Like the hoodoo man and Miss Fanny Debray. Uh, or DeBerry or whatever her name is. Um, then it it just got like it was like I was listening to like a funk fusion country album. It was weird. <laughs> um, but all in all, I actually didn't mind it. I think that surprised really brought it up for me. Uh, from that and and I feel like they picked such a perfect person like Kenny Rogers. Because I don't think he wrote most of these songs on the Correct. He only wrote the last song, Morgana Jones. Yeah. And, like, what a better man to get. Like, he's like Santa Claus. Just a jolly guy. He's like uh, Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> right? It's like Santa Claus took a break from Christmas and decided, I'm going to create a country album. I don't. That's obviously not a Santa Claus accent. That's just a Southern accent. But... um. Uh, but yeah, it, it just felt like Santa Claus. Just a joyful piece of art. <laughs> That's... <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> this is the worst, worst comparison. Santa Claus decided to make a country album. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, here's my hot take on this one. This is better than Hotel California by the Eagle. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> it's I didn't outside of the gambler, I did not enjoy this album at all. Mm. It's like it's like Hotel California by the Eagles, right? Hotel California by the Eagles opens up with Hotel California, the strongest song yeah. on the whole album, and then it's just downhill for me. The redeeming factor for this album, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is the genre uh, variety in these songs. Like, as you said, there's like funk elements in here, which I was not expecting at all. Because I was like, this is going to be boring ass love country ballads. I'm I'm going to hate this thing. And then went into like some funky stuff, some a little bit harder rock stuff. It's like, what am I listening to? Yeah, I, I didn't think at the end of the album I was listening to a country album. Anymore. Yes. Yeah. I was listening to like a rockabilly kind of like album, which was which was strange. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very strange. Yeah, I, like Kenny Rogers definitely like he's a karaoke machine, right? Like <laughs> they just put songs in front of him, he records them and then they just put it out. It doesn't really it doesn't really matter like the genre or the style. It's just like mm-hmm. record these songs and we'll make millions, right? So this album itself is not a very good album. The yeah. Gambler, the song itself is if you don't know this song, you need to go listen to it. Cuz I think The Gambler yeah. is one of those classic old-timey songs, especially country old-timey. It's just like a must. You have to know this song. Mm -hmm. And it's very catchy. It is a very catchy song. (laughs) 
totally is. I was singing it like just before coming on this <laughs> podcast tonight. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know? the one major redeeming factor on this album. The Gambler, and then the variety of genres on this album, I would say, is a close uh, is a second redeeming factor for this album. But I don't think I don't think the rest of this thing is worth listening to. Like I couldn't really mm-hmm. say like, oh, you gotta listen to track eight on this album because it's just there's there's a guitar lick in there that you need to listen to. There's this part where they slow it down and that's like a must listen. Like there's nothing on this album that really stands out, but I didn't hate it. Like listening to Hotel California by the Eagles, I was like, this is freaking garbage. After Hotel California, after Living Life in the Fastland, like these songs are freaking trash. But yes. this album is like, eh, it's okay. It's like, yeah, mediocre songs, nothing to hoot about. I felt like with this album that they wanted to be country, but they also tried to, you know, accommodate to the other masses of the music world. Like, what lost it for me is after the fourth song, making music for money, I was like, okay. It's changing. Okay, I, I could dig it. And then the hoodoo or the who who, who doing of Miss Like I was just like, what are you like what are you, the Bee Gees now? Like <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, this album right? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Santa Claus <laughs> if he decided to make a country or try to make an album other than Christmas songs. He's like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of being Libeled as Christmas music. I'm going to come out with a song. And then he did the gambler. <laughs> and then that was it. Uh, all right, Eric. Final ratings, thoughts on, on this one. Where are you going to give it? There were a few songs I actually didn't mind on the album. So because of that, like the gambler I liked. I liked Tennessee Bottle. And I liked San Francisco Mabel Joy. Um. So for that, I'm going to have to give it a five. Ooh. A five, five out of ten. Yeah, because I was I was actually hoping for an old school country. Like, I was expecting it to be a very slow, mundane country album. Right. And obviously, I was surprised <laughs> when I, I was like, well, I'm listening to disco, funk, rock music. This is, this is strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a five out of ten. I am giving this. Yeah, I'm on the fence. Either a three or a four for me. Mm-hmm. And after talking it out with you, I think I'm gonna give it a four just because I do think the variety of genres on this is is interesting enough to push it up to a four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't label this a country album though, at all. Right. The yeah. Gambler yeah. is a country song, but everything else on this album, <laughs> it's like, okay, I feel like this is like a mixed fusion. Like, uh, we'll just fusion. call it a new genre. We'll call it a new genre. Country fusion. From now on, on this podcast, if a genre, if they're saying that this is a pop genre album, but it's not pop, right, then we're just going to call it a Santa Claus genre. <laughs> <laughs> it's Santa Claus genre. Okay, sure. I, yeah. I dig that. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, like I I don't know. For me it's a four out of ten. It's a not I cannot mm-hmm. recommend anyone listening. 
album outside of the the one song on it just like maybe maybe background music maybe elevator music potentially it's a shame because a lot of a lot of albums i find and i don't know if you can contest to this but especially like we mentioned hotel california but whenever a song has the hit song as their number one it's probably not usually a good sign for the rest of the album yeah, they put all their money in the the first song on the album, and then the rest of it just like, mm-hmm. what happened? Because <laughs> this like the first song has to draw you in, right? It it draws you in. All right, it sets the stage for the other songs, and I feel like the I was just so thrown off. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a good album. It's a a do not recommend for me. Four out of ten. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, look, how could you not say that he looks like Santa Claus? Like, look <laughs> at him. <laughs> he looks more and more Santa Claus-like uh, as he ages. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so that's that's a review of The Gambler by uh, Kenny Rogers. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't really enjoy it all that much. But uh, next week, for those of you who are following along with us, uh, we will be reviewing... Debut album by The Ramones, self-titled nice. The Ramones. Some, uh, we've done punk punk on this show, right? Oh, we did the Sex Pistols before, so we have. Yes, this will, this will be our second second proper album. Yes, uh, second <laughs> proper punk album. I mean, which will be uh, will be interesting. Oh That'd no, we did the Clash. We did Sex Pistols, we did the, the Clash. Clash, and the Clash. Yeah. Oh my God, this is our third punk album honestly for for me this is weird because i don't like punk music so i i actually don't mind it i don't mind it punk it's surprised we listen to this much punk music yeah i know (laughs) uh but yes the ramones self-titled debut album the ramones is album we are reviewing next week all right here we go so we're we're at we're at the segment where our crowd yes. favorite segment mixtape battle. Um, we use a random topic generator to generate three <laughs> random topics. Uh, one of us chooses one of those topics, and the other has to make a three song mixtape. Uh, so last week, Eric has chosen cookbooks for me. Um, this was extremely difficult to figure out. Um, no kidding but uh, i think i've got uh, a decent mixtape for you this week uh these images uh that you're going to see on the screen for those of you who are here on the uh, live stream um they will take up the majority of the square right on the uh, right hand side of the screen just because i feel like the images do uh do this mixtape more justice than the music itself but uh to open this up (laughs) Uh, I'm going to open up with uh, Ted Nugent's Stranglehold. Oh, damn. Uh, because uh, Ted Nugent and his wife, Shemay Nugent, <laughs> uh, have released a cookbook call it, uh, called Kill It and Grill It, A Guide to Preparing and Cooking Wild Game <laughs> and Fish. Includes recipes for deer, elk, wild boar, rabbit, bear, wild turkey, duck, and more. Uh, so Ted Nugent, a very a notorious uh, hunter, uh, mm-hmm. gun advocate, hunts all his food. Um, so I'm going to open this up with Strangleholds by Ted Nugent because they did release a cookbook together. <laughs> well done. 
<laughs> well done. <laughs> um, so that's my my first song on the mixtape. The second one, um, it will be um I feel like on the other side of the spectrum, uh, it's going to be a hip hop song. I'm going with Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg has also released a cookbook and it's called The Boss Dog's Kitchen from Crook to Cook. <laughs> uh, oh, that's amazing. So he has like recipes like mac and cheese in there and like grilled grilled cheese sandwiches and I think he has muffins in there too. Um, that's amazing but yeah uh going with gin and juice by snoop dog because that song is freaking so good um i actually like that song i i you know the first time i heard that song was the cover that um oh what's that country artist that doesn't oh i know who you're talking about i can't yeah, think jimmy of buffett Jimmy Buffett. Right, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember this uh, sucking on Gin and Juice. Yeah, my mind on my money and my mind money on my mind. <laughs> but then I actually like listened to the like the version by Snoop Dogg obviously, like the original. I actually liked it a lot more. <laughs> so that is a right. that is a pretty boss song. Yeah, you would appreciate Jimmy Buffett's <laughs> version more if you were a fan of Snoop yeah. Dogg's Gin and Juice. Uh Chasing Dragonfly says Snoop has his own wine also. Eric, you've you've bought Snoop Dogg's wine, right? Yes, I was in. The, so we have this uh, a liquor store. So it's not like in Ontario. Ontario, they're, uh, they're kind of like, I guess, shackled, I will say, to <laughs> LCBO and the beer store. Whereas BC, we actually have BC Liquor, which is the version of like the LCBO. And then there's all these independent liquor stores. So Lucky's Liquor Store has... Uh, which is the place where I love the shop. Uh, it's where I get pre- predominantly all the beer I drink here on the sh- on the pod. They only sh- bring in local stuff, which is neat uh, for beers. But they also have uh, like wines, liquors. It's it's a two it's a two story building. Jesus, okay, <laughs> with just alcohol, right? So you could just imagine. And I, I remember being in the the store once with with julian i was just like snoop dog has a wine and then the next time we were in there i was like ah screw it let's get it so i have tried it and i would say it's actually it's not bad it's actually not that bad so the man knows what he's talking about (laughs) uh yeah so that's my second song gin and juice by snoop dog and to close off my mixtape um, it's a, I guess a less known song, but this is Mas Tequila by Sammy Hagar because he also has a cookbook uh, titled, <laughs> Are We Having Any Fun Yet? The Cooking and Partying Handbook. <laughs> so, Sammy Hagar has a cookbook? <laughs> Sammy Hagar has, apparently Sammy Hagar is like a giant foodie. Like he owns a bunch of restaurants in Maui and stuff. Um, but yeah, he has, wow. a, cook, he has a cookbook. Huh. <laughs> uh for those of you who don't know sammy hagar uh lead singer of van halen second lead singer of van halen uh is probably what he's most known for he's also in the band chicken foot but yeah he what? also has a cookbook <laughs> that's amazing that well done kem well done you uh, you definitely have have upped the ante for sure <laughs> um so yeah just i'm to... just 
I'm just afraid of what's coming my way next. <laughs> just to recap, my mixtape is Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, then Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg, and then Mas Tequila by Sammy Hagar. Nice. Well bearer. done. All right, Eric. Here we go. It's your turn now. Let's see oh, what God. happens. <laughs> All right. So oh, I'm going to click God. this button. It's going to produce three random topics. Um, I will choose one and Eric will have to make a mixtape based on those topics or the t- topic that I choose. Uh, so here we go. Bleep, 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 bleep. Oh my Lord. It's a specific book, but the first topic is team development phases by Bruce Tuckman. I feel like we should just put team development phases, not, not yeah, the specific. Let's get rid of that last yeah. part. The, the first topic is team development phases. Second topic, dried fruits. And then the third one is stonewalling. Stonewalling. <laughs> yeah. These are okay. horrible topics. Ooh, boy. I don't even know. Team development phases? <laughs> what are you going to do with team development phases? I have no idea. Dried fruits. Chase dried the Dragonflies fruits. wants dried fruits on this one. Um, Interesting. There's some system songs that, system of a down songs that mention dried fruits <laughs> in them. Uh, stonewalling. Stonewalling. Stonewalling might be the only one you could do justice to, but I don't know. Dried fruits is possible. I think it is. I think I can work with these topics. We're definitely not doing team development phases. That's nuts. <laughs> like, chasing dragonflies really wants dried fruits, so I feel like we'll go for dried fruits. Fruits. All right, come on, raisins and, and dates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your mixtape for next week is dried fruits. Right on, right on. Dried fruits. All right, chasing dragonflies. Let's see if I could do it for you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's wrap this whole thing up. Oh, this is not, <laughs> all by me again. <laughs> this is not fitting on the screen at all. Okay, uh, two controversial statements this week. Uh, I like Mumford and Sons, but you can replace the guitar. <laughs> I feel like that's, yeah. Uh, and the other one is, if you don't laugh at Monty Python, you aren't a happy person. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know a few people who don't understand Monty Python. Pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it's pretty funny because like you have that sense of humor and you go in to a conversation and he was like oh it's like monty python and it's just like i don't find that funny at all and you're like oh okay and it just kills it <laughs> it does it's like that dry dry british humor but it's just mm-hmm. so fun it's so good it's <laughs> so good uh don't forget that you said it doesn't matter how bad a person is uh if they make good music i don't know if that's is that controversial uh so this is in reference to an earlier conversation in this podcast where i said it doesn't matter if you pee on children if you make good music uh no one's gonna give a shit i don't know if that's i feel like if you say it like that then yes that's controversial if you use that as your as your example (laughs) yeah my example is r kelly like if he produced good music after peeing on children I'm pretty sure no one would care. <laughs> Fine, it is controversial. I'll just okay, update. The so drum. we got three. We hit three today, today, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> I'm not saying go pee on little children. It's just exactly. like I'm just saying people. Yes, please don't. Care. Please don't do that. That's that's highly illegal. <laughs> like highly. <laughs> just don't pee on people in general. Unless they got uh, stung by jellyfish. That's the only. That's the only. Exactly. Time. That is for medical reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then finally, uh, the Anthony, uh, the quote of the week presented by Anthony Kiedis running through the field where all my tracks will be concealed and there's nowhere to go when to descend to amend for a friend, all the channels that have broken down. Now you bring it up. I'm going to ring it up just to hear you sing it out. Chasing Dragonflies has it. I'm pretty sure Eric has it. Snow, snow. There you go. It's snow. Yes. I knew it. There you go. Uh, yeah, I was like, as soon as you were singing, I'm like, oh, I know this one. I know this one. What is it? Uh, what a what an interesting song that is. It. I remember when that song came out. That guitar lick that blew my mind. That's a very good yeah. I was like, oh my god, this song is insane. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's close this off. So, um, thanks everyone for tuning in. That's that's pretty much the end of the show. Um, we stream here live on twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast every Monday at 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Um, you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, please come here, tune into the live broadcast. This is where you can come yell at us in real time uh, and call us out whenever we make controversial statements because uh, we have quite a few. Uh, we say a lot of offensive things on this, but it's sort of become norm for us where we don't realize it. So Exactly. Yeah. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need moderators in here to keep us in line. Um, so come join us here on the live streams. If you're listening on Spotify or any of the places where you get your podcasts, um, I think that's it. I think that's the end of the show. Eric, any other, anything else to add? I think that's it, but, uh, yeah, follow us on the discord. It's, oh, yes. uh, it's a lot of fun. We have great conversations. Follow the music talk dragonfly pond on tap where we talk about beer which is predominantly just myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come join on that conversation. Yeah. I just throw memes exactly. in there all, the, all day. Exactly. It's fun. It's good time. <laughs> all right. Cool. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. Peace. Peace.